0: I was uh, transformed uh, by the Holy Spirit in a, an interesting uh, get-together I had with my pastor. The pastor was the uh, uh, pastor for uh, Church of the Nazarene in Ridgecrest, California. And after I was saved, he said, have you, have you ever heard about the infilling of the Holy Spirit? And I says, well, I've heard some things about that, but uh, some of the things I've seen about it look a little bit fishy to me. And he said, well, let's, let's pray about that. So we did. And uh, as we were kneeling and praying, uh, I'd had some sort of a uh, interesting salvation in that I was the chiefest of sinners in the Navy and uh, met with some challenges that few have an opportunity to meet in a really coarse environment. And I was given an assignment to clean up an area in uh, the North Neighborhoods Test Station. And it was a very tough assignment. Things were out of control. Discipline was amok. All kinds of uh, ugly things were happening in in this hotline. And I was given the assignment to clean it up and make it work. And uh, that burden was on me, and so I mentioned that to the pastor. He said, let's just pray that the Holy Spirit will give you the strength and the wisdom and the power to do this assignment. And so we did, and he started saying, this, uh, see you know, fill me down. And I felt a, an enormous cleansing day, place, Powerful. It wasn't long after that I took on the assignment and it was successful to, to move through that. God is uh, continuing to transform me in a daily, in a daily fashion. And so the, the work goes on. Uh, our uh, sense of hesitation, our sense of uh, incapacity, our sense of uh, failing, our sense of insecurity, all that can be made up uh, in the, the power of the Holy Spirit working in us in a continuing
1: fashion. Aren't you thankful this morning that the Holy Spirit is still transforming lives? Aren't you grateful for that? Thanks, Dave, for sharing your testimony. If you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Galatians chapter 5, and we're going to be talking over these next few weeks about that, about how our lives can be transformed through the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, As you know, a couple of weeks ago, we finished a sermon series entitled Look, and uh, during that series, we kind of walked with Jesus uh, after the resurrection and after, uh, after the crucifixion and resurrection, we kind of walked with his followers and, and looked to Jesus for, uh, for all that he did for them in that kind of in-between time. And, and now we kind of move on from there. After Jesus ascends to heaven, he tells his followers to wait. We know that in that time before the ascension, he appeared to the disciples. And the Bible tells us he appeared to over 500 followers during that season. But we know the day came when he ascended back to heaven and that was his command as he ascended wait for the promise of the Holy Spirit wait for the promise that I have given you and we know that the Holy Spirit would come on the day of Pentecost and and would live in and empower and purify believers um, that day and across the next 2,000 years uh, and, and, and until today if you're glad this morning that the Holy Spirit is still changing lives say amen we celebrate the day of Pentecost every year, and we'll celebrate it again in just a couple of weeks. Pentecost simply means 50. Simply means 50. That's what the word Pentecost means. It's celebrated 50 days after Easter. Now, for the Jew, it was a celebration in Jesus' day that took, that took place 50 days after Easter. Passover, 50 days after Passover, people from all over the known world at that co- time would come and gather in Jerusalem, and the reason that they would come, they would come to, to share thanksgiving and to God for all the ways that he's blessed them, specifically thanking him for the great harvest for that year, and for all of the many ways that God had blessed them. If you're thankful this morning for the way that God has blessed you, say Amen right? That's something we should do all the time. But this was a time set apart for them uh, 50 days after Passover to celebrate. And when they would do that, here's what would happen. From all over the known world, the Jews would gather in Jerusalem. Shops would close. People would stop the work in their fields. They would pack up. They would come to Jerusalem to celebrate all that God had done. And so this particular Passover, this particular Pentecost, 50 days after Jesus had given his life on the cross, on this particular uh, Pentecost that the Holy Spirit came upon the believers gathered in the upper room And, and that happened to fulfill the prophecy that had been foretold. There's a lot of scripture that talk about this special day that was to come when the Holy Spirit would no longer be for one or two scattered throughout the generations but the Holy Spirit would come for all who believed. Joel the prophet in the Old Testament in Joel chapter 2 he said this and afterward I will pour out my spirit on here it is all people I will pour my spirit out on all people your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions in Jesus day John when he would see when he was to see Jesus coming here's what he would say I baptize you with water for repentance but after me comes one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And all of these prophecies, these two I've read today, and so many more, they all come true in the upper room on that day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit would come on that group of 120 that were gathered there. And these folks would never be the same again. In fact, Jerusalem would never be the same Again. Judea would never be the world would never be the same again and here's the good news you and I don't have to be the same again the Holy Spirit is available for us today and we begin this series entitled transform and over the next few weeks we're going to be looking at um, what a life looks like that has been transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit The great news for every single one of us here today, myself included, is this. Transformation is possible. I don't know about you this morning, but I'm thankful today that I don't have to be the same that I am a a month from now. A year from now, I can continually be transformed by the power of Christ through the Holy Spirit. It's possible. We can move from certain death into promised life as we surrender ourselves to Christ and allow him to transform us continually. This past winter, I was finishing up a little uh, room remodel at home. Um, I wanted to kind of create a, a place to, um, to have some study space at home, a little office there, and so I kind of remodeled a little, a little room for that. And, and in that room is a desk that looks out a window that faces a little pond that we have um, out back. And, and, and I was looking out, the, 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 the it, was a, it was in the winter time, it had been raining really hard, and as I looked out that, that window, I was thinking about the view. I thought, man, everything is dead. How depressing is this view? I was looking out there and you could see it had been raining hard and, and, and you could see how everything looks. The, the brown leaves still hang on the trees uh, in early January. No life is seen. Um, and you could probably see off to one side here there's a rush of water that had come up out from the woods. It was running across my yard and the pond had been raining so hard that day. And, and as I looked at that, I just thought to myself, who would want to look At this just kind of depressing uninspiring to me for sure nothing really life-giving on that particular day and I remember to thinking thinking to myself this is a cold rainy winter's day and as I was standing I was thinking but there's a day coming but there's a day coming when things are going to look a little bit different when when what's left of the brown and withered leaves will be replaced with new growth again and where the dead withered grass is going to spring forth to new life. And you can see the difference, right? I mean just a difference, a transformation takes place. Go back, Daryl, back and forth. You can just see it, right? I mean it's amazing the difference that took place. Uh, a little more inspiring now, right? The, the, the brown and dirty water has become, uh, I won't say clear, but mostly clear, right? Life has come forth to the grass. The leaves now are green and And beautiful, and if you open the window, you can hear the birds. In fact, if you listen real close, you might even be able to hear them now, right? You can hear the birds just chirping away. New life. Think about it. From death to life, from hopeless to hope-filled, from uninspiring to filled with inspiration. You see, this is the kind of transformation that Jesus Christ wants to take place within us. Aren't you glad? He wants new life to spring forth within us. It's a a kind of transformation that's described by Paul in Galatians chapter 5. Look with me there, beginning with verse 16. So I say, he says, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires to do what is contrary to the Spirit, And the spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. If you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. And then he goes on to list the acts of sinful nature, what this old dead life looks like. The acts of sinful nature are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And then he says this, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So he paints one picture, right? He, he paints the first picture I showed you, kind of the, the dead, everything dying kind of picture. But then he uses that great word, but, right? But, and he goes on to describe what the fruit of the spirit looks like, and you know this, right, the fruit of the spirit is love, and joy, and peace, and patience, and kindness, and goodness, and faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, against such there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. He paints this contrasting picture, and he reminds all those who would read this that transformation is possible. We don't have to live our life this way, but that, that Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, can spring forth new life, new birth within us and make all the difference. I want to remind you that transformation never ends. Aren't you thankful? Transformation never ends, and regardless where we are spiritually today, if we can identify more with the, with the first picture I showed or maybe a little more with the second picture I showed or somewhere in between. Transformation can continue within us today as we open our heart to the Holy Spirit. We need to be continually transformed. So Paul gives us some instruction on how to do that. I wanna share it with you today. The first thing is this, to transform, we have to live by the Spirit. To transform, we have to live by the Spirit. Verse 16, he says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. He puts it out there. He says, if you want to overcome the sinful nature, if you want to overcome the sins that so easily trip you up and drag you down and lead to death, it's simple. Find life by choosing to live by the Spirit. You see, it's a choice that we make. It's a choice that we make. Connect to Jesus, he's telling us, through the Holy Spirit. I'm glad that Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit to come and to draw us to him and and, and to remind us today that we don't have to live life alone. When Jesus was going away, he he said that he was going, but, there's that great word again, he would send another counselor. He would send another counselor, John 14, 16, not long before the crucifixion. He says to his disciples, And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is the pathway to life. Think about it. He comes and knocks on the door when you're lost. Can I remind you that that feeling that you had, that feeling that you had when you were away from Christ, that feeling that you had where you felt like Jesus was just reaching out to you and beginning to draw you to Him, where He begins to enlighten your heart, that's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. Before you even say yes to Him, before you even turn your heart to Him, God reaches out through the the power of the Holy Spirit and He begins to draw you to Him. He draws us to him. He says, come with me. He says, come with me and let me lead you all the way home. I will help you find your way. If you're here this morning and can remember a day when you didn't didn't know the way, say amen. And aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit, Christ through the Holy Spirit at work in us, was faithful to draw us to him? Aren't you thankful? It's his work in us. But he says it's more than that. He doesn't just draw us to Christ, but the Holy Spirit will stay with us forever and ever. He will never leave us. He will never abandon us, but the Holy Spirit is faithful. Even when we're not faithful, the Holy Spirit of God is faithful. I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you guidance. I'll direct you. I'll empower you. I'll protect you, and the list goes on. Think about that this morning. That's what's promised when we choose to open our hearts And live by the Spirit of God. And the great news is this this morning, that that gift, the promise of the Holy Spirit is freely given to us. Hear what Jesus says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I'm going to ask, but he's just going to bless you. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit spirit we are still recipient recipients of that gift today if you're thankful say amen right salvation is a gift salvation is a gift provided for through the shed blood of Jesus Christ the holy spirit is a gift asked for by Jesus and given by the father when kendra my daughter kendra uh, when she got her li- driver's license a few years ago i i knew that she was going to need a vehicle to drive it still pains me, but I knew that she was going to need a vehicle to drive, and, uh, and, and my dad had stopped driving a couple of years before that, and he had a truck, an old beater truck. Well, maybe not an old beater, but he had an old truck. This is after uh, a little bit of work, but anyway, uh, he had a truck that he wasn't driving, and, um, and I knew Kendra needed a, a vehicle, and I knew in a way that my dad had provision. And so I went to dad and I told him, I said, Dad, you know, Kendra's getting her license, and his reaction was the same as mine. I told him Kendra was getting her license and needed something to drive. And I said, Dad, could Kendra, could Kendra have your have your truck to drive? Now I wasn't expecting the the response that I got necessarily. You see, my dad, he not only wanted to to give Kendra the truck to, to drive, but my dad just lit up. Like it brought him so much joy to think about the fact that Kendra would like to have his truck to drive it. It brought him joy. He was thrilled. He knew that she wanted it. He, she, he knew that she would put it to good use. It, it had a snow plow to go on the front so we figured that would be an extra safety measure. I mean it just couldn't be more perfect. He was happy. He was thrilled. Dad not only was thrilled in talking to me but my dad called Kendra. And he told her how excited he was for her and how blessed he was in the fact that, that she wanted that truck. She was so happy. She was happy to hear the news. She was happy to hear from my dad. It brought her great joy and it brought my dad great joy to give it. You know, as wonderful as it is for me to think back about the gift of this truck to Kendra from my dad, It doesn't even begin to compare to how much the Heavenly Father is filled with joy when we receive the gift of his Holy Spirit I mean God desires for us to receive the Holy Spirit so often so much more than we desire to receive it he wants us to have his gift it brings him joy and, and when the spirit is let loose within our heart and within our life, it's amazing the transformation that can take place. The spirit brings life. Think about it like this: the spirit, in a sense, is the vehicle that will carry us through every situation and circumstance and problem that we will face. The gift that is promised here—the gift of the spirit—it's so all-encompassing in what the spirit does that even translators, even Bible translators, have a hard time figuring out the right use to word the, the right uh, word to use here okay if we look back at this verse it says and I will ask the father and he will give you one version says another advocate another version says he will give you another helper he will give you a counselor he will give you a comforter he will give you a friend think about it like they can't agree on this word because the Holy Spirit is so incredible right But think about all of these wonderful things just within this one word that we try to translate and have so much trouble with. He's our advocate. He's the one that comes in our defense and comes alongside us, right? He's our advocate. He's our helper. He's our counselor. Aren't you thankful he's our comforter today? He's our friend. He comes alongside. And this is great. And he will be with you forever. Forever and forever and forever. Holy Spirit doesn't come and go. The Holy, doesn't, the Holy Spirit doesn't and fill us and then move on. The Holy Spirit comes and dwells. The Holy Spirit comes and stays. The Holy Spirit comes and desires to take up residence in us, aren't you glad? What we have to do is we have to stay in a place though where we remain connected. We have to stay in a place spiritually where we remain open to the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. John 15, 4, Jesus said, Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain. It must stay connected, if you will, to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. You see, that's the key. We have to stay connected him the Holy Spirit takes up residence wants to dwell within us but the key to that happening is for us to stay connected to Jesus I was listening uh, I was I was reading actually not long ago um, a book that the author described a painting that he had seen and the description that I read um, I don't know what it'll do for you but the description that I read the description of this painting so impacted me and I just couldn't get it off my mind and so um, I talked to a a, a local artist friend and I and I gave him the description of of, that I had read and I said do you think you could put a painting together for me I hope you can see this this morning I took a picture of the painting Um, I I want you to I want you to look at the picture and I I want you to hear with me the description that that I read this day Said in the midst of a newly plowed field is a husband and wife I would imagine from their clothes and look that it portrays a scene from the nineteen twenties or thirties it's obvious that the husband had just planted the seed he's kneeling in the field with his hat off and his head bowed his wife is standing to his side and is slightly behind him her head is bowed her hand is on his shoulder the picture is quite obvious in its message They're asking God to send the rain upon the newly planted seed. They are completely dependent on God for his provision. That last sentence, they are completely dependent on God for his provision. I could not get that out of my mind as I thought about it. Isn't that where we're to live? Completely dependent on God for his provision. When it comes to the fruit of the Spirit, we can open our heart. We can trust in God to work, but we have to stay connected to him. Connected to him in in prayer and wait and claim the promises through the reading of God's words. Stay close to him, but the fruit of the Spirit, the power and the direction of the Spirit, it is completely dependent on God to work within us, we have to allow him to transform us and grow us, he will help us if we do that. And that's what I want you to see this morning, we have to allow his fruit to grow in us. We have to allow his fruit to grow in us and it's only through his work that that is accomplished, allowing him to work powerfully in us and and, and let his fruit grow in us uh, as we stay connected to him. He will produce that. The, the awesome thing as you think about the fruit of the Spirit and the love and the joy and the peace, the awesome thing is that this happens within us. This takes place within us when we connect. But it also, if we disconnect, then guess what? We find ourselves on our own. We have to allow Jesus to, to work in our lives in this way. I was thinking about that and, and I thought about how that when we do, it's so easy to disconnect. And yet, at the same time, when we connect, it, it just it makes all the difference. I was thinking about um, just a situation. I shared this around our table talk a few weeks ago. I was thinking about a situation with my dad. And, and I was thinking about um, a few years ago, um, and, and I've shared this story maybe with some of you before because it so impacted me. Um, but I remember a night when we got a call about my dad, and he'd had a stroke. And it was a Sunday afternoon, and we were getting ready to walk out the door to go to church. And... And I'll just never forget that we just kind of backed back in the house. We were, I think some of the kids were even in the car already, and we backed back in the house, and we got back uh, there together, and we joined hands in in the living room, because see, we were about three hours away from home. There was no way that we could, we were powerless to do anything. Ever been there? Just powerless to do anything on our own to help. And we got that call from my oldest brother, and we gathered back in, and we made a circle there in the living room that night, and... And I remember we just I didn't I, I was I was emotional. I didn't quite know how to pray at that point or what to say, but I just remember saying, Dear God, Dear God, would you go where we can't go tonight? Would you be where we can't be tonight? And would you do what we can't do tonight or any other night? Would you touch? And I remember as we connected to God that the Holy Spirit Came and the Holy Spirit filled that room, and the Holy Spirit gave peace to our hearts. See, we can put ourselves in the position to receive, but it's the Holy Spirit that does the work. If you believe that, say amen. Right? I can't produce peace on my own, but oh, isn't it wonderful when the Holy Spirit, he, when God through the Holy Spirit just pours His peace out upon you, right? Paul describes it as peace that passes all understanding, right? And it's in these moments, and this is just one example. Aren't you glad today that God can produce his love in you? Aren't you glad today God can produce his joy in you and his peace? Aren't you glad today that God can produce his patience in you? We have to stay connected, connected to the Holy Spirit, connected to God, and allow the Spirit to grow in us. It's so true. He wants to pour all of this into us, but it only, it only takes root. We plant the seed through prayer, through connecting, through trusting in God. We plant the seed in those ways, but it's the power of the Holy Spirit that comes, and God produces the growth. He's the one. We, we can plant the seed in the ground, but aren't you thankful he's faithful through his Holy Spirit to produce this fruit within us? That's what he desires to do this morning. We have to stay connected. Allow the, live by the Spirit, allow His fruit to grow in you. And then I want you to see this morning that to be transformed, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. I've read this passage just so many times during my Christian walk, and you probably have too. But for whatever reason, in the past couple of weeks, it's this particular verse that has really leaped out at me afresh. Keep in step with the Spirit. He gives us that command. So we read that and we say, okay, and we kind of move on. Think about this with me. If if we're instructed to stay in step with the Spirit, it also means the adverse. It also means that we can get out of step with the Spirit. Have you ever been out of step with the Spirit? We can live Christian lives and be out of step with the Holy Spirit. So what's the difference between living by the Spirit and keeping in step with Him? Well, let me say this, we get out of the spirit when we try to produce our own fruit. We get out of step with the spirit when we try to do the things I just described. We reap the harvest that we're not intended to reap because we're trying to do it on our own, right? We've tried to love people on our own, haven't we? How's that work? <laughs> right? We've, had to have, we've tried to have patience on our own, right? I, I, I'm gonna, Lord, I'm going to be more patient this week. Anybody with me? Gonna be, right, we, we, want, we want that, but a lot of times we think, okay, I'm going to will myself to be more patient. How does that work? Not so good, right? Not so good. We get out of the step with the Spirit when we try to produce fruit on our own. We get out of the step with the, with the Spirit when we think we've been around long enough, when we think we've walked with God long enough that we know what he's going to do next. You ever think that, okay, I, I've seen this, I know what God's going to do. Like, I, I know what he's going to do here. And so instead of waiting upon God to work, what's the temptation? Well, if I know what he's going to do, then I might as well just go ahead, right? And we get out of step with the Spirit. You see, we, we think we've walked with him long enough that we can begin to take his place. And that's a dangerous place to live. And everybody said, but, can, but Christians today, can I tell you, if you've, lived with, if you've been a Christian a long time and you've, and you've lived with him, here's the biggest danger is we think we know we think we know what God's gonna do, we think we know how he's gonna act, we think we know how he's gonna answer our prayer, and so we get out ahead of him and we get out of step with the Spirit. I also think it can means we can be, that, we, that we can be doing good things and still not be doing the right things. There's a lot of good things that we can do but they may not be the right things that God has directed us in. I think it means we can do the right things with the wrong motives. We can serve with a critical spirit instead of a thankful one. We can be working for him. We can be a Christian and serving him, and yet this week we can go about our lives and completely miss out on opportunities that Christ has placed in our path for us to make a difference in the world around us. Why? Because we get out of step with the Spirit. If we're going to continue to transform, we have to keep in step with the Spirit. So how do we do that? we keep us in step with the spirit Here's what I believe and this is what I'm learning we keep in step with the spirit when we find a balance between being and doing when we find a balance between being and doing who we are in Christ the spirit always has to come before what we do for him can I say that again who we are in Christ, internally, who we are in Christ always has to come before what we do for Christ. This is how we get out of step with Him. I put in your handout today, and I think it will be here on the screen, um, there's a chart that, I, that, I, that really has kind of helped me think through this a little bit. Um, this being versus doing balance, okay? Okay. Um, The being side, intimacy with Christ. You know Christ wants us to have those intimate times with him every single day? I mean, he invites us into his presence every single day. We need that, and we need that before we try to have activity in the world. You see, spending time with him, being in his presence, sets the stage for us internally for us to go out and do what God would have us to do. It, 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 It puts us in tune, you could say. It tunes us into the Holy Spirit and what He wants to speak into our heart and into our life. Being with Him is so important. And you see, they're all similar. Solitude, then engagement. Abiding with Christ, then serving. It's about the inside of what's going on, right? The being with Him, then living it out. Calling. What do you want me to do today? How would you have me to live? Is this job the right thing? Lord, help me to know the direction you have for me down the road. Lord, I'm facing retirement. How do you want me to live that out to be obedient to you? Right? Just calling versus living it out is the character. Real life and reflected life. What it looks like. The restoration of spiritual energy and then applying it. See, we have to be filled with the Holy Spirit before we can go out as an agent of Christ. Why do you think he told the disciples to wait upon the promise my Father is going to give you? You have to wait upon that in order to receive it. Perspective. Everything gets put back in perspective when we spend time being before God. And then practice rest and work. And you saw already the graphic, if you'll go to that, Daryl. Uh, the offset graphic, I think it, it really spoke to me when you think about it. This probably describes a lot of our lives. Okay, how about this? This has really been a pretty good description of my life. Lot of good things, right? This being versus doing. We can do a lot of really, really good things. But transformation, continual, ongoing transformation will only take place in us when this being versus doing thing is in balance. When we're spending time being with Christ, it opens our ears to what God wants to say to us. I want to hear from God. If you want to hear from God, say amen. He wants to speak to us, but we've got to create time in our lives for him. We've got to be in his presence and allow him to speak. You have to stay connected to the one who is all we need. Our daily provision is completely dependent upon God. So let let me ask you this morning, how's your transformation coming along? Are you living by the Spirit? Are you keeping in step with Him, or are you out of step this morning? Uh, In my time away uh, this past spring, um, I had a chance to spend some time with someone um, who, who, um, in a lot of ways, helped me a lot, and He wasn't afraid to ask me some very pointed questions. Do you have somebody like that in your life who can ask you some really pointed questions? Um, One question that he asked me, we spent some time, a, a couple of weeks together, and one question that he asked me very early in our time together is he said, I want you to think about this. In what ways are you working against the gospel? Now let that soak in for a minute. In what ways are you working against the gospel? Here's what he meant by that. In what ways are you living your life that are contrary to the teachings of Jesus? Now, your reaction might be my first reaction. I'm a Christian. Like, I love Jesus. I, I don't want to do it. I'm not working against him. You know, I got a little defensive internally, to be honest with you. Take that question and meditate on it. Take that question and spend some time alone with God and begin to pray. Lord, would you reveal to my heart ways that I'm working against you, ways that I'm not living the way that you would have me to live? And can I tell you the summary for me? Can I be honest this morning and open with you and say, you want to hear the summary after spending about, about, about eight days reflecting on that question? Go back, Daryl, to that other graphic. There's the picture. the ways I'm working against the gospel, the ways I'm not being obedient to the life that Jesus has called me to live is that I'm spending a lot of time doing a lot of really good things. But in my efforts to do, I'm out of step with the Spirit. See, that's how easy that it can happen is that we can get blinded to the real teachings of Jesus and what Jesus tells us to do, and if we're not spending time with him the way that we really need to, and we're not really checking in and connecting with him every single day, and allow his spirit to fill us, and then say, Lord, would you keep me in step today? We can find ourselves way ahead of God, or way behind him. Do we love him? Absolutely, I love Jesus. Do we love him? Oh, with all my heart, I love him. And yet, the days and the weeks and the pressures and the stresses of life, yours and mine, can build to a point where we wanna live for him, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm way out of step here. We need to find our way back in step with Jesus. And can I tell you how we do that? Go back, Daryl, to the other one. It's by finding this balance See, Pastor, how do I do that? I can tell you where it starts. It starts here. It starts in quiet time alone with God. It starts by saying, Lord, search me, O oh God, and know my heart. Lord, is there any way within me that isn't, that isn't in line, isn't in step with what you want? And Lord, if there is, would you show me? Would you give me wisdom through your spirit and, and help me to live for you? Because this I know. I need the power and the presence and the comfort. And the care of the Holy Spirit in my life every hour of every day. And I want balance between obedience and time with Him. So this morning I challenge you are you being transformed? Do you have your heart open today to what the Spirit is speaking to you even now? And as the Spirit is speaking, is He whispering to you, hey, need you to get back in step with me. I want to do some fresh transformation in you right now, this morning. I'd like for you to stand, if you would, with me as we close. And Nathan, Pastor Nathan, is going to come and he's going to sing. He's going to sing the song that we sang before our prayer time this morning. Have your way. Holy Spirit, fill our hearts and have your way. And I trust this morning that you'll be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you this morning. Father, we're grateful today, and we're thankful for your presence, and we're thankful for your Holy Spirit that not only calls us to you and changes our life, and there may be some here today that for the first time need to open their heart to you and and receive you, accept you, Jesus, as their Savior, and let the Holy Spirit begin a work in them afresh. For others, Lord, they maybe are like me, and maybe they're just out of balance. I need to come today and get in step with you. But, Lord, whatever the case might be, the transformation is what we want. We want to be different. We want to be changed. We want to be what you would have us to be. So, Lord, would you direct us this morning and would you draw us to you, we pray in Jesus' name. It's Pastor Nate.